Hi, very welcome here on Purple Psychology Podcast. You're here with Melanie Hoskin and, of course, Nisha O'Reilly. Hello. Um, should I call you Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, actually? <laughs> I don't mind. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm never that precious about it. I just put it on the end of letters because it looks good. <laughs> Doctor Who? <laughs> Listen, today... Well, when I got my doctorate, I was working somewhere in a college and they went around talking about the doctor in a Dalek voice for about two weeks, so... <laughs> We're talking here about people you should or shouldn't have in your life. Now, a very, a very interesting topic because you say that we have three good and five bad, <laughs> and as we were saying earlier, already we're at a disadvantage <laughs> for anyone that's good at maths out there. Uh, it's, it's, it's quality, not quantity. Well, let's go to the three good. Okay, and, right. And, and let's just hope they're superheroes. Yeah, well, well, you can have as many of them as you like. Oh, right, right, so that's a good start. Of, okay, yeah. right. Okay. Um, so there's the mentor, the soulmate, and opposites, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really good idea to have a mentor. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I have them myself. I act as a mentor for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. One of the other really important things that you need to realise with mentors is that you outgrow them. So the mentors that I would have had a few years ago were not the mentors that I have now. So you need a mentor for the stage that you're at. And I suppose that's what makes me a little bit different because it's unusual to act as a mentor for people between four and their 60s. Yeah. And, and it's quite bizarre to be a mentor to people who at one stage when I would have done this would have easily been twice my age. Mm. So that, that's an odd dynamic and I'm, quite, I'm probably quite rare in that. But you, you do you do need to change mentors and you do develop and you do I call it the Joan Collins effect. She was supposed to re- remake her friends every two years. Um, <laughs> and, and there is an element, right, which brings us on to the soulmate. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to talk about this in an episode down the road. Um, I don't know if it's in the next block. Mm-hmm. And it's about soulmates and different personalities leading different things, friendships, the level of intimacy that certain personalities have and how that's construed and relationships. And it's, it's very different for each personality. And some people really need a soulmate. And the people who need a soulmate are the people who've always felt different and that no one gets them. So what your soulmate is, is it's somebody that comes into your life. Sometimes they don't come in for a very long portion of time. And some, some people will stay with you and continue the journey with you but quite often they'll come into your time life for a specific time snapshot they seem to have a real understanding of who you are they have an understanding for where you're at particularly at that moment and they play a role in helping you to understand it and to see things and there's a real sense of sometimes almost sort of deja vu or feeling like they're really like you and, and they're really like you in that moment as well so soulmates can be a bit transient um, some, sometimes they're not but sometimes they can be. And sometimes that can be hard too. Because if you're really, really connected to somebody, it can be really difficult to realise that they've just come into your life for a moment. And that's something that you realise with age, I think. Okay. And you've had it happen several times, especially mm-hmm. if you're one of the rarer personalities and it does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you really crave to meet somebody like you. Opposites, they're exactly what I say in the tin. One of the things that um, I really like working with so many diverse people is that I do meet a lot of people differently, different mm. to me. Mm. It gets a bit boring when you start attracting the same people all the time. Mm. And some of those opposites end up being really, really good bounce pads. Mm. They can be antagonistic. Mm. <laughs> and a lot of antagonistic people. People who say things to me like, oh, well, basically you work like with no hope cases. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is a bit antagonistic. Yeah, I, I, that one was etched in my brain. I can remember the moment of where I was standing and where they said it to me, and I sat there and I went, really? Wow, that's how you perceive my school. 
Well, that's a bit harsh. Yeah, but it was interesting. Harsh, yeah. It was interesting. Okay. So do you want to do the fight bad? Can I just can I just ask you about mentors? Yep. How how do you choose a mentor? Do you choose a mentor? Do they just come along, or mm. how do you decide? Um, you know, what do I need in terms of a mentor? Um, I tend to manifest what I need. Mm. I tend to set an intention and write out what I need. Sometimes you have to reach out to people. Mm. I've had to do that a lot with people. I've had to, you know, walk up at networking events and say, oh, we need to have coffee. You mm. need to be really brave and do that and stick mm. your neck out. You need to see, you know, a mentor always needs to have done more than you. They always need to be more developed than you. You mm. always need to perceive them as more successful. Mm. You need to perceive them as further down the path than you're at. Mm. You need mentors who get what you're trying to achieve. You need mentors that you need to explain what you're trying to achieve. That's really that can be really good. Like I remember, maybe two years into the school, after working in a vacuum on my own, I went on a journey and met a lot of people, yeah. and that was quite interesting because I have to explain myself. And um, so there's an element of that can be good, and you they ask questions, and you have to answer them, and that's really good for you. A good mentor is somebody that doesn't appear to judge you, and is somebody that you feel that you can set up an appointment with and check in. Um, every so often mm. and this is one of the weird things about me when I take on somebody to work with regardless of what age they're whether they're adult or a student I take them on to work with them for life so they always have that ability to check back in with me okay. which I think is yeah. really important because yeah. things change and, and problems mm. come up or you have to bounce ideas yeah. and so you need to be able to check it needs to be somebody that you can send an email to mm. and say I, I need to talk to you about this okay so should you have a set of objectives before you choose a mentor then? Would that help you then to choose a... a yeah, and, and, some, and sometimes those mentors can be like, um, you know, suddenly like in terms of the business world it be, can be, I, I, need, I want to set up a franchise here. Yeah. So how do I set up a franchise? Okay. You know, as an example, I, I really need accountancy help here. Do I set up a foundation here? What are the pros and cons? You go and you talk to people who have a foundation. You know, so, so mentors can have very specific roles. I suppose I'm a mentor to a lot of people and what people realise is that they all, nearly all the adults say on the phone, the line they use is, I'm at a crossroads in my life. Okay. And, and I can't decide what to do next. When the magic word would come in. Yes. So, so that's a very different type mm. of mentor. Okay. Right. Five baddies. Okay. The complainer. The negative people who suck the life out of you and constantly have a problem. Mm. They're usually grand queens as well. The people who constantly say no to everything, no matter what your idea is, oh no, that'll never work. The worst one, much worse than the no people, are the doubters. Because the doubters will, they often use the phrase, oh, I'm going to sit on the fence, I'm going to play devil's advocate, right? Mm. But they, they, they're they, not doing it for your benefit, they're doing it for theirs, and they want to doubt you because they quite often don't want to see you achieve. Okay. Um, and that's very, it's very negative because you can think you have someone to debate things with, but then if you really think about it, the debate's always why they don't think you can do it when you really analyse the conversation. That sounds kind of sinister as well, you know, that somebody has a different objective to what they're, to what they're actually... Yeah, very, very much so, very, very much so. The bragger, the person who's done it all, seen it all, been everywhere a bit of a pain and done nothing <laughs> yeah yeah um all from their armchair yeah yeah no comments um the flake the person who constantly lets you down the person mm. that you arrange to meet you arrange to go to the film you mm. arrange to have dinner with mm. you arrange to do this and who constantly mm. cancels at the last minute because 
Um, I'm sure I'll talk about it at some point, the daily routine in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that's really important is checking in with friends. So if yeah. you've scheduled to check in with two friends this week mm-hmm. and one cancels at the last minute, well, you're mm-hmm. not going to pick out another person. Mm-hmm. And you really needed to check in with the friend. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. needed that to happen. Yeah, and, and for, for that to be happening regularly then you, you need to stop kind of um, relying on that friend? Or? Yeah, you can't really mm. rely on them and they're not going yeah, to be consistent yeah, and they're not yeah. going to help you. And then there's the other side of it as well that you start to wonder why they always cancel on you. Like, mm. what's wrong with you? Like, you've got li- a lot of personalities have a little voice in their head that's going to go and suddenly go, oh, this is my problem, this is my mm. fault, mm. Uh, oh, I must be really boring, or, oh, they didn't like me, or, you know, they've got this, you, they're going to internalise it. Mm. So it can be a very negative thing. And we're going to talk about the difference between confident people and there. An awful lot of people as well feel, feel that their friends or people exter- external to them, uh, they choose how to treat you. You actually choose how they treat you in terms of um, accepting uh, bad behaviour from people or, or disrespectful behaviour from people. A lot of us don't get that we're actually the ones to decide that, not them. Not punishing their behaviour, but not accepting it. Yeah, not accepting it or not reacting to mm. it as well mm. is, is, is a big one. And I mm. do go on a lot with my clients about self-care. Yeah. And, and, and that's not something we really teach in school yeah and it's a huge part of development it's a huge part of personal development in terms of like when you've got a good strong foundation and you believe in yourself there's going to be very few people who can knock you over which brings us in in, in, into my next question what do confident people in your opinion do differently okay well i have this quote because everybody rings me up when they want their children to be confident and happy Mm -hmm. right yeah so confidence the holy grail in life when you know who you are, how to express yourself, and how you can best work, you can conquer the world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So they know themselves very well, right? Mm. One of the first things about confident people is that they don't need anybody's approval. Mm. An awful lot of people seek validation for everything. Mm. Mm. Uh, does this look well on me? Does this suit me? Should I do this? Um, do you think I should ask so-and-so? We, can't, we, we ask for so much validation mm. from other people, it's, it's, it's unreal when you mm. stop doing it. Mm-hmm. They don't blame others. They take responsibility. This is a really big one. This, I think this is what really decides that you feel like a whole person. Because if you go through something and you can understand that actually you owned up to your mistakes in it and that the other person just sat on the sidelines and judged you and didn't take any responsibility for it. There was a really nice quote I came across a few months ago. Not everyone deserves to know who you are, and so let them judge who they think you are. Yeah. But that's a very, very hard place to come from, and it takes a lot of life to get there, yeah. and a lot of experience. They like challenge. They're not yes people. Um, they challenge themselves, but they challenge others, because they know their point of view, and they know their mindset, and they know who they are. They're, they're not going to just tell you what you want to hear. Mm. So they will say difficult things sometimes. Mm. Um, and they, like sometimes I say difficult things, and I, I don't need everyone to like me in my work. That's not my job. My mm. job is to get the result not to have everyone like me but it's hard and you think that that's confused uh, people confuse that you know when they don't like what you say hmm. do you think that's confused with arrogance oh she's arrogant yeah, it can of, be it can be and yeah. and i suppose it's up to you to try to uh, make what you say palatable to the person yeah. and, and one of the people i work with said 
that I understand how people see the world and I understand how they need to have it communicated to them. Mm. Mm. So, so that is very important. So and it's I, all in the communication, really. Yes, and in what they yeah. need and how they have to have it communicated and how they see everything. So if you can get that right, most of the time people will like you. Mm. It's very rare they won't. Mm. Do you see uh, confidence develop in, in students or clients that you have Hugely. as time um, goes by? And I find it quite funny when people say to me, oh, their confidence has really come on. I say, yeah, it's called Confidence Club. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's every reason. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've done that. They don't care what others think. Mm. That's massive. It's yeah. huge. And there's a big sense with students, actually, that they stop caring what everyone thinks in the room. Mm. And they just yeah. start to feel good about them. I love that point when I've taken on a student, right? And the family doesn't think it's going to get any better, and they still struggle for the first two weeks, and they're on week three or week four of the exercise, and then I get the email, they're starting to feel really good about themselves. Yeah. You know, it's that massive turning point. And it happens after four weeks. And do you think when, when you start to believe in yourself, the opinions of others don't matter so much to you because you're... you're you're operating from a different plane. When you know who you are, when you mm. have an awareness, mm. we don't do enough of who are you, and mm. we don't do enough of how do you need to work. That's, mm. that's a big part of it. Mm. What else have I got here? They, they tend to keep their dreams. Okay. They're right. If you're confident, and you know what you want to do, and you know roughly how you're going to do it, but not exactly, you have a bigger sense of waiting for it to happen. You have a calmness. There's a calmness in being confident, especially if your goals are very big, and you don't think that they have a shelf life. And mm. you, you think that you can see how you're moving forward. Mm. No matter how, how big the goal is that you're trying to achieve, you can see where you're getting to. And you okay. can see the small changes, yeah. and you benchmark yourself, and you feel good about it, and it's okay. You know it's a big deal that you're trying to do. It centers, it centers a lot around taking control um, in your life and, and the, the, the confidence then to project yourself to the level that you want to get to. Totally. <laughs> Just lost the pen. My bad. My bad. <laughs> um, totally. Um, in, mm. One of the things I suppose to, to finish up on with students is mm. that they suddenly realise it's okay to work differently to the other people in the room. Yeah. And that's where, you know, um, individuality comes into play. Like, we, we're, um, we're so shy about our own individuality. and it's, I know, it's, it's the great irony. Everybody's yeah. different and nobody wants to be. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We're going to leave it there. Um, today, this is Purple Psychology Podcast. Uh, you are here with Melanie Hoskin. Thanks so much for joining us. And you are here, of course, with Dr. Leisha O'Reilly. Thank you very much. Thanks, Leisha.